0: Daffy Duck just celebrated his 84th birthday, and there's new merchandise for Space Jam hitting stores now. So, of course, you realize this means podcast.
1: Are you ready, eager young space cadets? Meep,
2: meep. I saw a That's the limit. Long, There's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom.
0: With me today is fellow Looney Tunes aficionado and YouTube commenter on the classic shorts, Anthony from Anthony's Animation Talk. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the show.
3: G'day. How are you? I'm good. So you're in Australia, correct? That's right. I mean, I thought the g'day would be a good uh, giveaway. There. It was. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm down <laughs> under.
0: Excellent. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful discussion of Daffy Duck. But first, we're going to touch on some Looney Tunes news. That would include some new Pop Funkos that were just released for Space Jam, a new legacy. Those are hitting stores now, and you can get your very own Coach Daffy sticking with Daffy as he's wearing his suit and tie look. And I really love the colors on him, like that light blue looks really good on on him it really stands out to me and then we have a really fun marvin the martian this is the first time we're seeing marvin the martian related to this movie and he looks really mad so we know that you don't want to make him angry sort of like the hulk but like (laughs) he's not going to hulk out or anything i think he's just going to get really really angry and who knows what he's going to do in this movie and then we have lebron and Bugs going for some dunking action, and shooting some hoops alongside Lola, and a couple of the Goon Squad players. I believe we have the Spider Woman, and we have the Water Guy looking like Hydro Man from Spider Man. Uh, what What would you did you uh, check these out, and what did you think?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not the biggest pop collector. I mean, I was sort of forced into when I had to buy the Bugs Bunny 80th, 80th anniversary set, but Sure, sure. But, you know, for what they are, they look pretty good. Uh, um, You know, Space Jam, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the sequel. The first film, yeah, it's got its issues, but nostalgia-wise, it's the first Looney Tunes thing I ever saw in a cinema. I was at the perfect age for it. I was um, 11 years old at the time, so which will will probably give away my age now, of course. Uh, But, yeah, they look what they are. You know, they they look pretty good. They do. They do. And
0: I, I, I was at this around the same age as well. I was 10, I think when it came out and I just loved seeing those tunes on the big screen. And I can't wait to repeat that now that we are, you know, older and, you know, we have uh, we have new family members, nieces, nephews to show uh, Looney Tunes with. I've got
3: two kids. Kids. Yeah. I've <laughs> got you have two kids, kids that they are looking forward to it. <laughs> That's awesome. They re- they're actually, they actually want to see it. They, I'll show them the trailer and they went, Oh, They've also got the Flintstones in there. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? All the Hanna-Barbera
0: <laughs> characters are back. It, it's it's going to be all out craziness. I love it. Speaking of the movie, oh. they are launching a talent house contest, uh, which is really cool. This company is giving the fans to create inspired artwork that will then be used in the marketing of the movie, but also... Uh, according to the rules, if you qualify, you could win up to $2,000 for your entry, which is a really cool reward, I think, for, you know, putting yourself out there in an artistic way. So calling all artists, if you are interested in this, go to talenthouse.com and then search for the Space Jam logo to find out more details on that. Are you artistically inclined? And did you want to try to
3: submit something on your own i'll probably sit this out but uh (laughs) you know i'll I'll, I'll actually be curious to see um what the winning uh, entries will look like it'll it'll be uh are gonna be pretty cool yeah of course i'm looking forward
0: to all of the entries as well and and what they choose i i love a good piece of fan art and speaking of when daffy duck turned 84 (laughs) There was a celebration online and social media where people took to their pens and pencils and grafted out a Daffy Duck and Looney Tunes celebration for him. But not much happened outside of that, which is really in <laughs> really interesting when compared to Bugs's 80th, mm. where we had a big campaign around new merchandise and new shoes and All of this really fun stuff. And as you said, the Pop Funkos, that was for his 80th. So I'm wondering if they're going to do that for his 85th. Because you know how studios like to, you know, have it around five-year intervals. Well,
3: maybe. 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 I hope. (laughs) I hope. Uh, I mean, uh, what I can tell you, if you're looking forward to some sort of a a Blu-ray set similar to what we had signs are not looking good right now sadly because um, w- one of the people behind that box said jerry beck has pretty much confirmed that not really much is on the table but a lot of it is due to covid um sadly but who knows maybe they'll change their mind they've still got time to do things they've remastered so many shorts now for HBO max so right. it shouldn't be too much of an effort to make an 85th anniversary uh Daffy duck said i'll would think anyway.
0: Right, I would agree. I don't think it would take very much effort at all and they could just slap new artwork on the cover like they did with Bugs and put it out there for fans. I I would I would love to own some original Daffy cartoons that may or may not have been in the Golden Collection as we were talking about earlier. One of those is Porky's Duck Hunt, which is a little absurd that that has never been restored in a way that you could buy. I think I think it was actually on the like Essential Daffy Duck DVD am I am I mistaken
3: I believe it was yeah yeah um I mean I'll have to have to double check but I I believe that yeah it was on that particular set um but yeah it, it wasn't it was on the Essential Daffy Duck but it was also on the Porky Pig 101 DVD set because of course the starring character was Porky their major star at the time but it was restored but I don't think I've seen it in HD, Uh, but yeah, in terms of physical media, yeah, it's DVD only.
0: That's what it was. Okay. So I have the golden collection and the platinum collection and neither of those contained this short. And to me, that's a travesty because there's no good commentary associated with this. And this is the first appearance of Daffy Duck. It should be, you know, on an on a altar, <laughs> all to itself. But again, like Daffy, it's a little cursed. I would like to discuss with yeah. you uh, Porky's Duck Hunt uh, from
1: 1937.
0: Oh, it's me again. <laughs> this is a co-direction between Bob Clampett and Tex Avery. This is the wacky Daffy and the first time that Mel Blank voiced the character of Daffy Duck. And Porky. And Porky Pig. That's correct. So he voiced both of them yep. in this really fun, and the, the characterization is like a Hugh Herbert inspiration. Uh, he was an actor back in the 1930s, and a lot of characters around that era were also inspired by performances of his, uh, also as uh, Mo from The Three Stooges. And the Wacky Daffy persona is just one of everyone's favorite them silly
1: ducks going south every winter north in the summer south in the winter north in the summer south in the winter Eh, they're in a rut confidentially folks i ain't going south this winter i'm going to stick around and check up on this winter business
0: the way daffy is able to enter a scene and it just be off the walls and off the rails is just so fun and I really love his pairing of Porky because that will come into play later. But here, Porky is just a hunter. Kind of like how in A Wild Hare we had Bugs Bunny going up against Elmer Fudd. And that camaraderie and that, that pairing always lasted. And the same thing happens here. And it's really, it's, it's a phenomenon, I think, to have the first appearance of a character in a franchise have a paired character that is a lasting relationship. Like that to me is like one in a million odds, right? Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> there are so many characters in Looney Tunes that they could have paired him with and they choose, they obviously Porky is
3: the one that started it all. Yeah. So I can explain to you what happened. I mean, I mean, essentially, you know, um, for the longest time, Warners didn't really have a great starring character at all. They were with another studio They created the, Oscar cartoons, they left. Um, so Leon Schlesinger created his own studio, poached all these different artists from you know Disney and wherever, and you think, all right, make me a star. And of course, who they create? Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and which is I'm sure a podcast topic you're not going to be doing anytime soon, given how annoy- how awful the character actually is, is so bland. Yes. But after that, when they realised Buddy wasn't actually working they were trying all these new other new characters and they they put all their bet on this character called Beans. And Beans was just a typical 30s character, but they also paired him with another character called Porky, who was in it, haven't got a hat. And Porky's Mm -hmm. stutter, and just the fact it was a pig, something completely different, took off very well with the audiences. So that was the case for a while, plus Tex Avery had arrived. So it was all, everything coming together. Um, But not long after they just create this cartoon called, uh, you know, Porky's Duck Hunt, uh, which which has wonderful animation by Bob Clampett in it as well. The original idea actually was that it was just going to be heaps of ducks, right? Uh, and which you, which you sort of get a sign of at the end where you see these ducks make this funny little sky sign or wherever it was. But I think it was Clampett, so I am just going off memory here. I do apologize. Um, that said, oh, why don't we just why don't we just focus on one duck, right? And they just make created this daffy duck. And in this corner,
1: a duck who needs
3: no introduction, that outstanding exponent of clean sportsmanship, that champion of champions, your friend and mine, our own, our beloved Daffy. Good to his mother, Duck. You know, and, and Daffy was just the most screwiest thing around. And it was like, wow, like the audiences hadn't seen something like this. I mean, like maybe the closest thing to wackiness would have been probably the Popeyes at the time, something like that. But no, just this is just one big screwball character. And yeah.
0: Yeah. And then after this, it, it spawned so many wacky characters like Woody Woodpecker. He was like, you know, sporadic. And it was all thanks to this one, uh, this one duck who they, you know, wouldn't box up. Bob Clampett was the one you, you mentioned uh, that he told Tex Avery to, to make it one duck. And, and I feel like that was, that was a really smart move, but also they didn't want to animate all the ducks every, every frame. So it was also a way to save money and save time. It was just a smart yeah, move. Which all Leon
3: happy. Yeah, yeah, it would have made Leon Schlesinger happy. <laughs> <That's for laughs> I'm sure.
0: sure. <laughs> and it was Bob Clampett who also did the animation where Daffy is dancing on top of the water. It's just so funny and so energetic. Like, it makes you want to get up and, like, just cheer this character on. I'm sure that that's exactly what happened in the 30s. And He also appears at the end where Daffy is dancing around the Looney Tunes logo and the That's All Folks text. And we've never seen anything like that before until this short. And it was groundbreaking, I think, because it really made the character pop out of the short for people. Mm. Like, there was no other character that was in your face like this. And he just happened to be Daffy Duck. And he turned into... A really well-rounded character
3: yeah exactly but i'll tell you something that was really interesting and this this is uh because what i'm doing on my channel i mean um uh, I'm, I'm of course reviewing every single new tunes in order and i'm noticing a few very interesting things by doing it that way and one of which involves daffy Duck. so they introduce him in porky's dark hunt and they never mm. thought this was going to be a recurring character they just went in and just you know, did their jobs. I mean, gonna love the pigs, so that's why they're making porky pigs, you know. But <laughs> when it came to yeah. Daffy, th- there was no real plan to uh, keep going with this character or anything. But because the response was so huge, they decided to, of course, make more. And it took a while before the next one uh, came out, which is fair enough because these things take time to make. But the interesting thing was, you'd think that with such a character getting all this you know, rave reviews from, from the audiences, they didn't actually make that many. They paired him in a few. uh I think Tex only did like two more. Um Chuck Jones mm-hmm. did one um, at, at the time in the thirties, at least. And then Bob Clamper did a few um, teaming him up with uh, Porky, but that's it. There was just, there wasn't that many. So that was a huge surprise. It was only until like, 41, like 40, 41, where they started to use him more and more, but it was just so weird that he's actually not in that many cartoons in the thirties. Wow, that is surprising. Yeah. Especially
0: because he has like a long storied career with all the other characters. Like it's it's really phenomenal that he was almost sidelined for a good portion of it. But I guess I think it was because Bugs Bunny was introduced and he started getting all the attention.
3: N- not quite, no. Bugs that Bunny- might have been why. Yeah, no, no uh, Bugs Bunny was in the 40s. No. And so in, in the 30s, again, like the late 30s, You, you'd, again, you'd think, why isn't this character that was proven so popular with the audiences, why didn't they reuse him? Why didn't they give him his own series? Uh, because if you look at a lot of the Bob Clamper cartoons, because he was stuck doing Porky Pigs, and eventually he did get sick of them to the point where he would even sideline Porky <laughs> for most of the cartoon. He would have all these other wacky characters like these wacky cats, like cat surgeons in one and all sorts of weird, like fish characters and everything, but you could have easily had Daffy in there and it's just weird. Like, why didn't you just use Daffy? <laughs> but, uh but Bugs, sure. sure. Bugs would eventually well, I was thinking su- supplant. Would, would, the Bugs would actually overtake Porky as their starring character. Right. Daffy was just there. <laughs>
0: Right. I was thinking uh, because Happy Rabbit was introduced in 1939 and with these taking so long to animate, I believe it was eight months, uh, according to Mel Blanc, Yeah. they were they were concentrating on other characters. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, different teams got to work on different characters and. And there was a whole department that Bob Clampett was in charge of that was the Daffy Duck Department. (laughs) And uh, eventually, in the 40s, that would get taken over by McKimson. And uh, that gave us a different version of Daffy, which is really fun. But first, I want to talk about Daffy's name. It's surprisingly to me, he was named after the brother of a big baseball star for the Cardinals. (laughs) So the Cardinals baseball player... In question. His name is Dizzy Dean, and the Looney Tunes brass was in between names of Dizzy or Daffy, and Daffy was his brother's name.
2: Dizzy was a leader in the famous Gas House Gang. We
0: are my We're wild
3: For a few years, Dizzy was the most dominant pitcher in the game. In 1934, Dizzy's
0: brother Paul, they called him Daffy, was part of the Cardinal pitching staff.
1: I'll take care of the rest.
0: I believe it came down to a vote, and Bob Clampett really liked Daffy, and that was who they went with. So it was related to baseball in some bizarre way.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, that that is weird. Um, that that doesn't really surprise me at all. I mean, just the, the names come from the most um, interesting places. Like Bugs Bunny it came from Ben Hardaway, but um, where he had a nickname of Bugs, like Bugs Bunny. So here, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. They just found something just, oh, this sounds good. Let's use that. (laughs) And it does. It sounds great. It's a a classy name.
0: On paper, though, Dizzy does make a lot of sense because he is spinning around and he is doing a lot of dizzying acts. So if they had gone with Dizzy Duck, it wouldn't have been the craziest thing. I'm really fascinated that Dizzy never came back until we're talking about Tiny Tunes. where Dizzy is the name of the Taz surrogate character in that.
3: Yeah. The Dizzy devil. But it's
0: really interesting to, uh, yeah. um, In hindsight, thinking about Mm -hmm. what Daffy could have been called, but yeah, I love Daffy. And I I think he had the appropriate name Mm. uh, when all is said and done.
3: Exactly. Right. Especially when Chuck Jones, which we'll cover later, I'm sure when he's had a personality change, I mean, Dizzy duck would not have made any sense whatsoever with that version of the character, uh, but you are mentioning the um, when McKimson taken over. I do want to point out in the history of Daffy that before that even happened, in the early '40s, there was a bit of a redesign of Daffy uh, done by Kerry, um, mm-hmm. uh, animator John Kerry, and this was uh, for, first used in um, *You Ought to Be in Pictures*. That was um, that, that was return to the Warner Brothers Studio after being away, but also in a few Bob Clampett cartoons. And he had this really nice design. And they kind of mellowed him out a bit, like he was still wacky, but he wasn't just bonkers, just off the wall crazy. Um, so they did did a redesign there. And then once Bob Clamper took over Tex Avery's unit, there was a few Daffys there, but he just went completely bonkers again. So there was no consistencies yeah. <laughs> so, um, before, uh, beforehand. But yeah, they did a few different redesigns even then. Right,
0: right. He's the most inconsistent character uh, as far as personality goes, probably within the entire Looney Tunes lexicon. But I would say that that makes him more exciting for some yeah. reason. And whenever he shows up, you don't know what he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In later appearances, he's kind of amalgam of all of it, which is really fascinating.
3: Like they really don't even, didn't, don't even know what Daffy is. Daffy is whatever the director want wants at the time. You know that that's how, um, how that's how I see it anyway. And like if like I said, Clampet um used the mellowed down Daffy for a bit, but then he, he used bonkers Daffy for a bit. He just yeah, there was no consistency whatsoever. Totally
0: <laughs> no consistency at all. And when <laughs> McKimsom took over. There was another change and that w- that led to a short that I absolutely adore called Daffy Doodles. And this is where Daffy is going around oh, and he's yes. more anthropomorphized. In his first appearances he was more duck-like and the the later you get the more human-like he becomes. And so Daffy Doodles is Daffy going around town painting mustaches on all these characters. <laughs>
1: a large eastern city a demon is on the loose the people are terrified the police baffled with diabolical cleverness the monster strikes without warning and draws mustaches on all the ads no one knows who this fiend is it could be you it could be me but it happens to be me
0: Porky is, is the cop trying to like take him down (laughs) it's just so wacky it's it's the best
3: it's a great short that that needs restoration badly and i'm hoping that we're going to get the restoration of that on hbo max or wherever because that one yeah it's a great cartoon yeah
0: and it's got some of these really great moments and at the end he's finally caught and he goes well uh, what do you say jury
1: ah yes not guilty you save my life. Never again will I paint another mustache. I'm doing beards now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's just so funny. It's like it just it hits those right notes for me and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Highly recommend going back and rewatching that. And if it's hmm. not on HBO Max, it should be soon. I feel like that one should be. A, a really great one to
3: revisit. Yeah, I, I think that the problem was, um, I think the restoration, like, there are a few cartoons out there for whatever reason uh, uh, they're taking a lot longer to restore and one of them was What's Cooking Dogs Yeah, yeah. I know Bugs, but <laughs> that was one which had t- tons of issues restoring. I feel the, fa- the reason Daffy Doodles is not available now is because it must be problematic to restore because there's nothing, there's no racial insensi- insensitivity that I know of in that one, there's nothing. No, I,
0: I, I just revisited it. It's clean. Yeah.
3: So that would, to me is probably the only reason it's not available yet. They must have a tough time actually restoring it. Maybe the elements are just not that good, but fingers crossed. We'll uh, see it soon.
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed. So we just brought up a little bit of the redesign element and, And that was taken to another degree when Chuck Jones got involved in his Hunter trilogy, which is all in all its own thing, because we go from the woohoo daffy and the all-out eccentric, like, wacky, off-the-walls. He's very close to the dodo bird in that respect. And we get a new version when Chuck Jones is in control of him, which is actually based off one of the creators of the wacky Daffy, Bob Clampett. So in one of the biographies, uh, Chuck Jones talked about how he based off uh, Bob Clampett's personality in his own Daffy. So that's how you get the, the loud mouth, like shouting out his, intentions and his wants and his needs and he's very greedy um i don't know if all those fit uh bob clampett but they do fit daffy and i love chuck Jones's daffy what what uh what is uh what is one of your favorite uh daffy's from that era yeah
3: Yeah. i mean look i I mean i will point out two things you just got to be aware that um with uh, what chuck jones has written and what even bob clampett's written um, is that as they got older, they started to say things that w- weren't quite true. They would sort of uh, twist things a little bit. I'm, I'm, I actually don't know whether what uh, Chuck says said here was uh, true or not, because he, him and Bob had a huge falling out. There was right, you know, and um, it was over Bob get, get, uh, being promoted to director and Chuck what was an uncredited co-director for a while and he was just had that chip on his shoulder for for the longest time but that's that could be a whole nother podcast believe me about the (laughs) jones clabbit rivalry but um i I could drama
0: at termite terrace
3: yeah exactly i mean i can (laughs) see i can sort of see it though i mean i i would say that um it could be true i would have to um i have to verify but to get to your question though you know, which, you know which are my favorites of this period. Look, I do like the Hunter trilogy. I just think that this is just a, uh, Daffy in name only. Like this is a whole new character. You you mentioned that as well, so and I totally agree. Um, see, some would say, "Oh, why didn't Chuck just create a new character?" But then, would it have been as effective? I don't think so. I think as Daffy was more well known at the time, it just kind of worked, and and it wasn't just like bang. Like this was the the new Daffy, you, you could see in the lead up to the Hunter trilogy in a few of the Chuck Jones shorts beforehand that Daffy was slowly getting towards the greedy Daffy that we all probably know more as today. So sure, um, but the, yeah, Hunter trilogy is amazing, you know. And then you got Duck and Muck and. Um, well, and let's let's stick the with
0: ones. the trilogy real quick. <laughs>
1: Love I'm I am a duck bent on self preservation
0: so the hunter trilogy you're talking about makes up of the the rabbit fire short, rabbit seasoning and duck rabbit duck. Obviously the duck season, rabbit season changing of the boarded up signs is what people know that from. Yeah. And it is iconic. You have gifts all over the internet that are being manipulated into either political or just comedic jokes. You have These things that transcend pop culture.
1: Uh, Now tell me, just between the two of us, what season is it, really? (laughs) Don't be so naive, Buster. Why, everybody knows it's really duck season.
0: The tension here between these two characters is definitely in the zeitgeist. If you say Bugs and Daffy, I don't think you mean best friends and like on the same page characters. I think you mean a rivalry where one is trying to sneakily behind their back outdo them in a way that gets them on top. And Mm. that is such a fun rivalry to explore. And I think with the new interpretation of Daffy here, Chuck Jones redesigns him in a way that is scrawnier and scruffier. And it allows for him to have this visible chip on his shoulder. And it's really fun to see how it evolves, whether it's in one of those shorts or... Beanstalk Bunny, where Daffy, Bugs, and Elmer, Elmer being the giant, they go into this other world where there's a lot of a lot of boon to be had and gold. And Daffy is like, I need this. Whereas Bugs is just trying to save his life. Yeah. You have these really great moments, and you wouldn't be able to have them without this interpretation. And I think I think Daffy is malleable in that way because if he just stayed Wacky Daffy, he wouldn't have the longevity that he's had in this franchise.
3: Yeah, yeah, because, because I'll point out uh, two things. One, Daffy is actually akin to Batman, of all things, because if you look at the character of Batman, look at all the different interpretations of the character. You have the really dark, dark, dark night. Then you got some. Then you got Batman, who's sort of in between all that. Then you got, the, of course, the goofy, campy '60s one. So it's a character that could be changed around, and as you said, Daffy is quite malleable. And yeah, I I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. And and also with the wacky Daffy, the problem with the wacky Daffy is that he, the character doesn't work well at all on his own. He needs a strong, straight character, and that's why Porky is usually used. Um, that's why the new Looney Tunes cartoons yes. are pretty good in that regard, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But yeah, look, sometimes just characters just go in these weird tangents. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Chuck actually did this because we would otherwise wouldn't get those wonderful cartoons you mentioned, especially the Hunter trilogy, which, as you mentioned, that the people are making GIFs about that whole, you know, rabbit season, duck season on the billboards. It's usually like, you know, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, then, Independent, at the end. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, which is a pretty, which is a pretty good one I saw, and um, you know, even though I'm Aussie, I know exactly about American politics. We get seem to get it here all the time for some strange reason. But anyway, that's another topic, of course.
0: Yes, of course. And during the pandemic, it was the mask, wear mask, don't wear mask. You know, oh and yeah, that also translated ver- very well into the the lexicon and the conversation that was mm. going on in 2020. Now, Chuck did do some solo Daffys, and one of those is peak perfection, an, arguably a masterpiece of American animation, and that is Duckamuck.
1: Daffy Duck, he had a farm, E-I-A-I-O, and on this farm he had an igloo, E I E I O. Would it be too much to ask if we could make up our minds?
0: From 1953. Yep. And it's directed by let's just say Bugs Bunny. <laughs> because <laughs> Bugs Bunny is revealed at the end of the short being the malicious narrator that is paintbrushing away set pieces and changing the soundtrack and doing all these things that an animator team would do. And it's it's so perfectly done, but what it does is it expresses all the things that Daffy is known for in his personality without having a frame of Daffy in it for a, a really long time. So the the character of Daffy being the duck and, you know, having that presence on screen is for, I want to say 50% or maybe even more uh, where it's, just either his beak on some random creature like thing, or it's, it's a changing of what we know a character can be. And I think for a lot of reasons, it was regarded as this wonderful experiment and you can have this, you know, character be personified on screen without him being
3: there. Absolutely, absolutely. It was so groundbreaking, so brilliant. You know, and I find myself revisiting this cartoon. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it was. What some might say, oh, it's overplayed, but it's for a good reason. It is, it is, it is darn good. It really is a masterpiece of uh, comedic timing, and you know, the backgrounds are amazing. And just uh, you, if you if you watch these cartoons more or less in order, you really haven't seen anything like this prior. And in fact, Chuck himself couldn't even repeat. Its success later on when he did it with uh, Bugs Bunny in Rabbit Ram- Rampage. so Rabbit Rampage, right. rather. And, right. it, and that didn't quite really work out that well. Um, it seems to me that this would, could only work with this version of Daffy, because if it was still the Screwball character, as mentioned before, like, nah, this this definitely couldn't work, because if it was Screwball Daffy, he would have just probably left the paper and just hit, hit Bugs Bunny on the head with a mallet or something, end of cartoon. I mean, that's that doesn't really work. But as it is, man, I could watch a cartoon so many times. It's 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 incredible.
0: Oh yeah, it's definitely funny and holds up. And in 1999, that short was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry. So that just goes to show you the the depth of love for this short, and
3: it's unequated. Yeah, no, so it should. it should definitely be in there, hundred percent.
1: All right, let's get this picture started.
0: Another era that I really love is when, as you mentioned beforehand, you needed to have a fall guy or a straight man, and that was Porky Pig, and teaming Daffy up with Porky was not something that was uh, out of the blue, because he obviously started that way, but when Chuck did it, he did a really fun thing where he put Porky as as a sidekick, but like A all-knowing or or smarter than Daffy sidekick, and it was it was room for comedy gold, and I think they reached it in
1: Dodgers in the twenty-fourth and a half century,
3: endlessly watchable. Totally, and similar to uh, Duck and Mark, even Chuck himself couldn't repeat the success of this one, you know, let's not talk about the sequel to this. It wasn't particularly good, but this, this cartoon was so good and so inspirational that it was actually, it actually helped inspire George Lucas towards star Wars. I mean, in fact, I think Lucas, Lucas even tried to have that cartoon played before star Wars to no success. Hence it led to the sequel. And yeah, that's another story entirely, but as for this cartoon, everything works in this one. So perfectly Mark, Mark Maltese, Maurice Noble, all of Chuck Jones's animators at the time at their peak. And it's just, again, one of those cartoons you could just watch over and over again. And I always find something new in them. You know, I might watch it once and just look at the backgrounds and nothing more because you know, you have good backgrounds where you can, uh, where it either blends in nicely or you could just watch it and just admire it on its own. And I tell you, Duck Dodgers. Yep. Another classic. One of my favorites as well. I, I, I show it, to, show it to my kids often. They love it too. They love the, the massive eyeball that you see in the beginning as well. <laughs> you know, just touches like that. You don't need to necessarily do that, but those little touches can separate your cartoon for being just okay to something that's altogether different. It's, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, those concepts and the layouts that Maurice Noble came up with were just mind-boggling, like beautiful and out of this world in the best way. But here you have the start of something that I noticed as a fan and just as a kid growing up is like, oh, this is based on something I am somewhat familiar with or have seen before. Uh, This is the pulp version of Daffy. So what the creators did was put Porky and Daffy in these situations that were based on movies or TV at the time or pulp comics and they had already started doing this with Superman comics, with Super Rabbit. And, you know, it, it sort of continued. You had uh, Duck Twasey, uh back in the Bob Clampett era. I'm going to pin it on you, see? I'm
1: going to pin it on you. I'll pin it on you or my name ain't Duck
0: Twacy. It just elevated itself with... All of these, uh, Duck Dodgers, Daffy Hood, The Scarlet Pumpernickel, Drip Along Daffy, Rocket Squad. Um, th- there's just, it's it's a really nice thing to see parody done well, I will say. And these shorts do it well.
1: I'm a space cop. My name's Monday. A partner's name is Tuesday. He always follows me. With was Wednesday, January 23rd, 1026 p.m. It's, it's, it's uh, 10.28. Like I said, it was 10.28 p.m. <laughs> ho, ho, and ha, ha, eh? I'll ho, ho, and ha, ha, you, fat friar. With my trusty quarterstaff. Actually, it's a buck and a quarter quarterstaff, but I'm not telling him that. Ho, ha, ha, garden! Have his iron today. in for trouble, eh? Well, I would like. I would like. I would like a trip to Europe. I would like to introduce myself. Drip along Daffy's the name. Have a drink. Awfully decent of you. Two of the usual. Yes, sir. The Lord High Chamberlain was simply furious. <laughs> I'm. They're uh, simply furious. But my Lady Melissa was <laughs> simply delighted. I'm simply delighted. Keep away from that masked bandit, that desperado, that masked stinker. Drink. Oh, deputy, deputy. What is it, sheriff friend? A prairie pal? A Drink. I thank you. But one day, the Lord High Chamberlain got an idea. He would marry Melissa to the Grand Duke. That would bring the Scarlet Pumpernickel to town, and... Uh, it, it, thank you. It was delicious. Bartender, bartender, where's mine? Mary had a little whim. If fleece was right as snow. And everywhere that Mary we went, the way I was sure to go. The wedding must take place tonight, my lord. The <laughs> Scarlet Pumpernickel is about masquerading as a gentleman. And who might you be, era May have perchance foppish that I am. I might be the Scarlet Pumpernickel. You? The Scarlet Pumpernickel? (laughs) 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 That's silly! (laughs)
2: That's ridiculous!
1: (laughs) Now do you know how to reach Planet X? Uh, Oh, sure. Well, I wish you'd explain it to me sometime, Buster. Well, it's very simple, sir. If we follow those planets, we can't very well miss Planet X. (laughs) Oh, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Of all the stupid suggestions. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. I think I've got it. I'll just bet that if we follow those planets, we'll find Planet X. Dad, how do I do it? I uh, don't know.
3: And...
0: Chuck into that. I can see why it spawned its own TV show.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good idea for a um, show. It, it is. I mean, whether you, whether one likes the like the end result or not, you can't deny that it is a good idea as a TV show. And I think it's a great idea.
0: Sure, and it was, and it it, it is. Um, I hope that one day HBO Max puts them out on the platform. But Paul Dini, uh, who was a writer on Tiny Toons and worked with Steven Spielberg, was tasked with helping create Duck Dodgers and bring that show to life. And thankfully, he did. And we have this wonderful show that we have a couple of seasons of. And yeah, just that character is so well-rounded. And it Mm. is, again, another interpretation of Daffy, but it's not... It's not just it, it. It goes back to that malleable uh, thing that I was saying about how you can you can transform, and I think the Batman comparison is actually very strong. There, you can change him and put him into different areas of the world, and he will adapt. But you will always recognize that it's Daffy.
3: Hmm. Exactly right. And Paul. And I will say about Paul Deney, he's such a treasure. I mean, I got to meet him once when he came here to Melbourne, and yeah. All the stuff he had to say about cartoons in general, about his work, you know, Duck Dodgers, Batman, of course, and, and other things. It's just, man, the guy knows so much about animation. I would love to pick his, like, sit down with him, pick his brain one day. I I, I would say that it'd be like a, an eight-hour podcast probably with all the stuff that he could say about
0: Oh, sure, for sure. Such a lovely guy. Speaking of love for animation, I wanted to shout out a animator and a artist that wrote a really wonderful review on the Apple Podcast review site Duck underscore Twacy, and uh, they have wonderful art out there, and they're doing some really great things. So follow them, and definitely if you have a chance and you if you like the podcast, uh, go on Apple and give us a review and let us know what
3: you think i and i know i know i know duck twacy as well um yeah definitely follow duck twacy i'm i'm going to definitely i definitely concur <laughs> she's lovely
0: yes of course moving away from that era of daffy and into a more modern the late 80s aren't that modern anymore but the <laughs> the next big appearance that we had of the character was in his scene of the dueling pianos alongside Donald Duck in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. This is the Robert Zemeckis directed film. And obviously, Robert Zemeckis, who is good friends with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, had this affinity for cartoons and for Looney Tunes specifically. They did such a wonderful job of bringing together these ideas, these characters. And I feel like this dueling piano scene is just one of the prime examples of what you get when you match a really extraordinary talent like Robert Zemeckis and you put him in the situation of, I'm going to have these cartoon characters playing pianos next to each other, but like in a rivalry setting. It's a combining of company characters in a really fun way that you don't really get to see a lot. Although, now with the new Space Jam coming out, we might get to see Daffy interact with interact with other characters, but we'll have to wait and see for that movie. But back in 1988, this blew box office records and was amazing to behold.
1: I've worked with a lot of wise quackers, but you are despicable. I did it. This is the last time I work with someone with a speech impediment. Oh, This means war.
0: What are your thoughts on this scene from mm. Who Framed Roger
3: Rabbit? Yeah, I mean, I've got a few things to say about it, actually. I mean, first of all, to put things into context, uh, between those masterpieces of the 50s by Chuck Jones to 1988, Daffy was just in a low point. He was in these abysmal to D- 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 Patty Freeling and Seven Arts cartoons teamed up with Speedy, where he was just just the, it's the worst characterization. He was just greedy, greedy, just awful. He was even in the worst Looney Tunes project ever, which was Davy Duck uh, Meets the Groovy Ghoulies, which it's in the public domain. If you want to be tortured, that that's the best way to do it. It is awful. And his voice is not even sped up properly. It is garbage. <laughs> uh, then, then, you know, Bugs will take the spotlight for a bit in these few compilation cartoons. And then 1988, you got, of course, Quackbusters, and you got also... This, this wonderful scene, which in itself has an interesting history. You know, it's one of the last times that Mel Blanc would voice Daffy Duck. Um, And also, Chuck Jones actually originally did some drawings for it. He he actually laid out what the scene was going to be. And it was going to be in his version of Daffy at first. And there are drawings out there that show that. Oh, wow. Um, They they, they do exist. Um, But... Because of where this took place, it didn't. It wouldn't have been right because that version of Daffy was of course, more 50s Who Framed Roger Rabbit was uh, mid to late 40s, I think, something like that. I haven't seen it for a while. I probably should actually. It's a great film. Um, so but
0: this is a great film. Yeah, I believe it's in the 40s. Yeah,
3: but um, and, and I'm glad they went with the Clampett version because that would have been time appropriate um uh, as well. But as for the scene itself, even without all that history and context it's such a joy to watch. Even as a kid, I would, it'd would be one of those scenes I would re- rewind constantly and just watch again and again. Um, of course, as a teenager, you'd rewind the Jessica Rabbit bit again and again, but you know, <laughs> but as a kid, you rewind the Donald Duck, Daffy Duck part um, again and again. Um, but it's just, sure. just amazing. Like 88 was kind of a revival year for Daffy. Um, yeah. You had the Quackbusters. He you had this scene and, it was also the the year of this VHS tape that was released that I, I used to watch time and time again called Daffy with an exclamation mark. He had his shades on. He was just cool. He was back.
0: I did not have that Daffy Duck with an exclamation mark set, but I did have Gremlins 2. <laughs>
1: Stop the music. <laughs> what's up, duck? What's up? I'll tell you what's up. I'm taking charge here. That's what's up. Fifty years of you having the spotlight is enough. I am riding the shield from now on because I personally have all the talent around here.
0: Gremlins 2 had a intro directed by Chuck Jones that has Daffy wanting to, again, steal the spotlight from Bugs and introduce Gremlins Uh, To audiences, this was one of the last collaborations of Chuck Jones and the Looney Tunes, but Chuck had a really strong affinity for wanting to be a part of the projects that these characters were involved with, which is really great. And Joe Dante, who directed Gremlins and Gremlins 2, put Chuck Jones in a special cameo, uh, if you will, scene in the first film. And so to have him direct a scene uh, alongside him for the intro for the second movie is just so, so wonderful. So great to see. And he would later go on to direct Looney Tunes back in action in 2003. Um, But that would be me skipping over space jam. We can't do that. So in 1996, Daffy Duck starred alongside Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan in space jam.
2: The quester of the courts, Daffy Duck! Thank
1: you! Thank you! Very funny. Let's all laugh at the duck. This
0: was D. Bradley Baker's first turn as the duck. Notably, we had had some other voice actors take over the roles. Um, Jeff Bergman, for example, was Daffy. In the Gremlins 2, a new batch uh, scene. But for Dee Bradley Baker, this was the first time. And this was a big deal because this was a feature length movie that was unlike anything we've ever seen before. And to have a new voice actor come in, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on him. And I didn't feel that this was an out of place voice. I thought this was Daffy. I thought this, I mean, as a kid, I thought this was Mel Blank still. Which is phenomenal work by D. Bradley Baker.
1: The view back here stinks! Whoa! Oh, what? We're right in front of Michael's house! I knew that. Shh! Okay, let's go in this way. I say, let's go in that way. He just never lines. I must be very, very close.
2: Oh, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I I mean, confession time. I haven't seen Gremlins two in a long time, probably since I was a kid. I really should revisit it, but I have seen that uh, opening sequence, and as an ex, there's an extra feature where there's like a longer version of it uh, as well, where you, where Daffy I think tries to rename the film like the Return of Super Daffy meets Gremlins two Part Six, the movie, or some, you know, (laughs) something like that. Which sadly, that was probably the only funny part. I think. If memory serves me correctly, I could be wrong, but I don't think Chuck directed that part too closely. I think he handed it off to one of his um, animators, I forgot who, and they largely supervised um, making it. And and it's not Chuck's best, unfortunately, but again, it's, you know, it's consistent with what Daffy was um, when Chuck was handling him, so there is that. So, But yeah, I should probably revisit Remnants 2. I remember actually enjoying that, so maybe I'll watch it after this uh, recording. Yeah, it's a wonderful,
0: wacky movie. Yeah, I highly recommend revisiting it.
3: You know, as as an adult, it might be a lot different, because I think, yeah, as a kid, I last saw it. So, yeah, I should probably get to that one (laughs) next, I think.
0: So what do you think about uh, Daffy in Space Jam? Yeah,
3: I think Daffy was one of the better things about it. I mean, to put it into context with Space Jam, I think I mentioned this earlier. If not, look, um, I was... uh, uh, 11 years old, 10 or 11. I'm just trying to remember where it came out. But anyway, it was 96, of course. And yeah, I was in the cinema watching it. First Looney Tunes project I've ever seen on the big screen, like ever, and it just blew me away. Now I'm more critical of it, but nostalgia definitely plays a strong part of it. But Daffy's role in the film That's feels right. more consistent in the film than Bugs was. You know, the story just didn't quite make sense. A whole lot of sense. It's like, well, I'm sure if it was a normal cartoon, Bugs would have done away with those aliens within a couple of minutes. You know, I think Chuck himself even mentioned Joy. that. Joy. But, but yeah. I do, but I do like the the, uh, the Daffy in this film. I actually think he's one of the one of the better characters in it.
0: And that criticism from Chuck is actually how Joe Dante got the idea to do Looney Tunes back in action and wanted to do an anti Space Jam with that film, putting Daffy in a leader role and. Getting him fired from Warner Brothers so that they could go on this whole quest to find this blue monkey uh, device. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a, a crazy movie that had a crazy plot. but Daffy definitely had a lot to do here. I believe Daffy is a underdog in most projects. And to see him be given the spotlight here is really unique. and And I'm glad it
3: exists. Yeah. I mean, considering the troubling production, in fact, Joe Dante refuses to talk about this particular movie, which I think it's a shame because I think he would have a lot of interesting stuff to say about it. But as for the film itself, admittedly it's been a long time since I've actually seen it. I saw it once, I think maybe three, four years ago or something. I should probably revisit it. I remember the painting scenes were amazing. It felt like a a proper Looney Tunes cartoon the live action scenes were sort of hit and miss with me when I remember it. And, but yeah, as you said, Daffy definitely had a lot more to do here. And I, and I think that worked in the film's favor, but ultimately I felt the film was a bit, bit too uneven, you know, and, and, and given the production issues, I, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah,
0: That's fair. Um, I, I revisited it uh, last year and I had a fun time watching it and, you know, uh, there, there's more moments that I like in it than not. So it's, I, and I feel like it's finding a new life with kids today. I know that there were a lot of kids clamoring over it and it started rising on the charts for Netflix when it was over there. And now it's on HBO Max and I feel like it's getting talked about even more. I see people posting about it on Twitter yeah. all the time, which is great. I I love seeing any project that Looney Tunes are involved getting acclaim like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's some kind of a... Mythical directors cut in a vault or something, which would improve some of the film's uh, flaws. I, I doubt it, but that would be, that would be interesting, though.
0: Release the Dante cut. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's it. Let's let's we've got to do the hashtag and hire hire big you know banners and fly in the air you know yep. Let, we've got to set up that uh, GoFundMe you know don't worry about donating to these medical bills and all that stuff no 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 donate to this we got, we got to fly that banner release the Dante <laughs> card because that's clearly more important
0: clearly so that same year 2003 was when the Duck Dodger series that we briefly touched upon was announced Frozen
2: in a time of space Goodbye. but how the
0: universe. Survive. And I, I, from what I've seen of the series, I haven't watched the whole thing. I love those episodes; they're so fun, and they do really good job with sci-fi parody, which I haven't seen other series do in a really long time. So. I highly recommend if you can track down Duck Dodgers, the series do so because there's a lot to enjoy there. Now Daffy also had a presence in tiny Toons adventures and at, he was a teacher at Acme university. Now, if that comes back, that would be really cool because we are getting a revamped version of tiny tunes and we'll see if, OG Daffy makes an appearance because we have the older versions of the classic Tiny Toons leading that show. Now, one of those characters is a take on Daffy in Plucky Duck. This was a wonderful little iteration of the character and a little green duck voiced by Joe Alasky and perfection of Comedy is what Plucky Duck was. I enjoyed all of those shorts as a kid. Water go down the hole, elevator go up. <laughs> You're lucky, it's
1: Plucky. I'm absolutely ducky. Other shows seem yucky now that Plucky's on the air. I'm wacky, I'm quacky. He's an egomaniac-y. players, the lucky of this stuff there. Who knows the way to close his endless babbling beak. Drop an angle
2: down the planet's feathery conceit. Show and
0: it's All of those little nuanced jokes that we got, really fun stuff from the Warner Brothers teams over there for that show. Then we had Baby Looney Tunes, and that also had a baby version of Daffy, but that wasn't a whole lot of talking going on. It was a lot of catering to preschool to kindergarten age group, which is fine because they need to be introduced to Looney Tunes as well. And I just, you know, I I had a, f- a fun time as a kid watching Tiny Toons Animaniacs and all of those era of cartoons. And I'm glad that the, the Looney Tunes made a presence there because at the same time, I was watching the reruns on the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show. So I was enjoying my cartoon life <laughs> as a kid, and I, I didn't need anything else. Uh, did you watch these as a, as a kid, and are you familiar with any of these
3: projects? Um, n- not not as much. No. Um. Look, I I I know I, wa- I watch Tiny Toons and all that sort of stuff. Um, on and off. I should actually revisit the whole series. So I'm hoping for some sort of remastered set or something to come out because I, I think they need to be, um cleaned up because I remember the DVD versions not being the best quality would have been just a TV masters and maybe a quick tidy up and just slap it on a disc. But baby Looney Tunes, look, I, I was clearly not the target audience and I don't think it's fair to slam a, a show designed for preschoolers. You no, know, it's no, not, not at all. you know, um, you know, it's just like when, when I see people, uh, there was like a Popeye recently that was for preschoolers and people just going nuts over it. It's like, well, hang on, just calm down. It's for kids. It's for little, little kids, you know? It's not not the end of the world. It's not that bad, you know? But anyway. So
0: sticking in the 90s (laughs) while we're here, a phenomenon was happening at the same time in the UK where Daffy Duck was featured alongside the Groove Gang, and they had a hit song called Party Zone. I'm not sure if anyone out there has heard of this. But for some, it will bring back some waves of nostalgia. Get into the party
2: zone. Yeah. Until the
3: night is gone. do it. Everybody's moving and grooving in the party zone all night long. Like
2: a movie star in his groovy car. Got not
0: so far. Get the tunes with the Looney Tunes. They're pumping and jumping in the have you ever heard this song, by the way?
3: No. I didn't even heard of it until you mentioned it, uh, to be honest. But then again, I'm not really surprised that they did this. I mean, they did all sorts of things with the Looney Tunes characters in the 90s where they would make them all dress up like skaters and or, or hip-hop artists and all that sort of stuff. I remember all the t-shirts <laughs> with um Tweety and Bugs Bunny wearing these baggy shorts and baggy singlet tops and and all all that stuff of course the shades can't forget about the shades shades at night as well you know
0: it was definitely the fashion (laughs) back then for sure
3: (laughs) but no i hadn't actually heard this song but i'm not surprised that they tried to do something like that but yeah i mean he was with the groovy ghoulies in the 70s so i'm not surprised he was with the what the 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 groovies what what were they called again the daffy and the
0: The Groovy
3: Gang. So Groovy Leagues to the Groovy Gang. So (laughs) maybe they evolved, you know, similar to what the Bee Gees did over the years. So, you know, maybe (laughs) just... And then there's
0: another song where it's just credited as Daffy Duck featuring Bugs Bunny called Dynamite. And this song, I actually like more. I don't know. It's really, really bizarre. These Electro songs just are delightful in their own, like, nostalgic way. But yeah, definitely on the album cover has... The the hip hop version of Daffy and Bugs Feels like dynamo. word dynamite out of literal dynamite and it's just it's interesting but it's it's a piece of history we don't always talk about (laughs) but
3: yeah that's right and some would say some would say for good reason some would say that but no i think it's all gonna be talked about good bad ugly whatever
0: yeah for sure we gotta cover it all (laughs) uh speaking of covering it all let's go into daffy's rhapsody
1: Greetings, my name is a Daffy, there's no other duck like me, because I'm so Daffy, and the reason I'm Daffy, and so gosh darn riff-raffy, and so screwy and laughy, is because those hunters won't leave me alone.
0: This was with Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd, and it was the first iteration of a 3D rendered Daffy Duck and computer generated character because of technology advancing the way it did. This also was a reissuing of an old recording from the 50s that Mel had recorded for a children's album. Really bizarre. Sticking with albums, who knew that there were so many little, like, <laughs> nuanced Looney Tune songs and dance numbers out there? But here we are talking about Daffy's Rhapsody. Um. So yeah, this is yeah. Uh, singing, singing uh, an archival recording as Daffy Duck is Mel Blanc, and Billy West provided the voice of Elmer Fudd.
3: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I saw the other one. I, I tour a tour. Pretty so I saw that one mm-hmm. where they use the archival Mel recording and then that was great, but yeah, I hadn't seen this one. I, I, I should probably check it down and uh, give it a watch.
0: It's very vibrant. It has a lot of nuanced action and it was produced by Spike Brandt and Tony Cervoni, who are really great directors in their own right. But this was directed by Matthew O'Callahan, and it's very vibrant. There's, there's so much to appreciate about this. And I feel like the Warner, animation group did a really good job of transcribing what Daffy would look like as a 3d character. They did it really well and it's really enjoyable to watch. So I definitely recommend tracking this one down and it played in theaters before journey to the mysterious Island, which I unfortunately did not see in theaters, but that was the issue with a lot of these attempts at reinvigorating the Looney Tunes franchise, they put these shorts in front of movies that bombed at the box office. So no one got to see them.
3: Mm, That's right. That's right. Yeah, because there was also a few, like, um, I think Roadrunner cartoons they did in CG as well. And they did did all sorts of stuff, for what I remember. But I didn't really see them until until some of them came on home video later on.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So the next big spike in popularity for Daffy Duck comes in form of the opposite of a 3D uh, iteration, and he is very 2D in The Looney Tunes Show, which debuted in 2015 and had Daffy and Bugs as roommates in Suburbia.
1: What the... I help you. Why doesn't my key work? I have the locks changed. You can't be too careful. Daffy, let me in. What's the password? There is no password. This is my house. Fine, but there is a password. And it's the leprechaun is in motion. What? That's not a password. That's a pass sentence. Oh, uh, then the password is
3: Zero Eight Four. Did four, you ever watch this show? I saw a few episodes. I don't really think it was probably for me. I wouldn't call it bad whatsoever, but I don't don't think it was for me. Maybe I should give it another go. Given that it's all finished anyway, I can probably, you know, maybe binge it and see if my opinion changes on it. 13,
1: just let me in. Not without the password. Fine. What is it again? Zero,
3: five. I, I don't know. I just didn't feel Looney Tunes to me but it goes back to what you were saying about Daffy being a malleable, malleable character. You know, you can put him in all sorts of situations and here, you know, he's a a roommate and he's being a little bit more, more, I guess, snarky and he's got that particular role to fill. But yeah, I remember watching it and, um, I don't know, I just didn't feel inclined that I had to watch more, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. He is snarky, he does have some get-rich-quick schemes up his sleeve, and he goes on these adventures that pit him against the overall overbearing things that we run into in life, like tax collectors, and little things that you wouldn't otherwise bat an eye with in a Looney Tunes short. They are tackling them head on. (laughs) And for those, it does have its own sense of heart. And I can appreciate that in hindsight. But whenever this was on air, it just didn't strike me as being in the vein of a project that I would associate these characters with. And so I was taken aback by that. However, I have talked to and revisited Uh, fans and episodes and in doing that i've found that there is a lot to admire about this series so i would definitely recommend checking them out if you haven't already there's little nuances and character uh character explorations that we wouldn't get otherwise which are nice
3: Yeah, look, I might give it a revisit. I mean, I think, and also at the time, you know, you mentioned it was in 2015, you know, I had had a two-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. So you can imagine my hands were full and I, you know, I didn't have too much time on my hands to watch a lot of this stuff and uh, movies at the time. So, yeah, I might give it another watch and maybe I'll enjoy it more this time. For sure. So in this series, Jeff Bergman
0: provided the voice of Daffy. And I thought it was suitable for what they were going for. In the next series, the next revamp, it was originally called Wabbit and changed into New Looney Tunes. And that is where we got D. Bradley Baker back from Space Jam from 1996. And with him voicing the character, they did something that was unique. In that, they paired him with Portie, hey, and, wouldn't you know it, the formula still works.
2: <laughs> do
1: do, where to go? <laughs> here's a piggy! And here's Daffy.
0: This was, this was really yep. enjoyable. To watch for the first time on hbo max i was unable to watch it because i didn't have boomerang or cartoon network at the time but seeing it in retrospective and seeing that this laid the groundwork for what would become the porky and daffy team-ups in the new series looney tunes cartoons i felt that they did a really good job at exploring the dynamic and building it up into something that people would want to
3: see again. So have you seen any of these? I saw a few odds and ends. Um, And from what I saw, I thought thought it was pretty good for what it is. You know, and I know being aimed more for kids, I suppose, the violence was a bit more toned down and and all that. But for what it was, I I enjoyed it. I haven't seen all of it. And this is the one where Porky is really fat again, isn't he? Yes. Like they went, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like that they tried; to, they've, they've gone against what they had um, Porky had looked like for the longest time. So they made him really fat again, you know, because why not, <laughs> you know? But uh, I don't really recall seeing too many Daffys though in in this one. I've seen a few pictures, like I said, of Porky. I just want to make sure I had the right series there. But I saw a few of the bugs, and I didn't didn't mind it. I might have to revisit this one along with the Looney Tunes show. But here it was always known as Wabbit, so I'm not sure if the new Looney Tunes. Uh, title was just an American thing that they changed it or not, but here I've always known it as Wabbit.
0: You're lucky. I prefer Wabbit over New Looney Tunes anyway, so you get the best of both worlds. Yes, I do believe that that is a domestic changing of the title. I'm not sure why. I think they just needed Looney Tunes out there as a brand, and so they they changed the name. In keeping with that, Looney Tunes cartoons debuted in 2020 after a very long, gestated announcement. We had this banner reveal of Bugs, and it looked immaculate with a retro style for him, and it said 200 hours coming in the near future, and that turned out to be three years from then. But... I absolutely love the new series, and Daffy Duck in it is going back to his screwball roots, but it's done in such an elegant way, and Eric Bauza does the best version of Daffy, in my opinion, since Mel Blanc did it. Can I help you?
1: Why, sure you can help me! You can help me help you! How's that for a how-do-you-do? do Woohoo! Why are you knocking on my door this way at night? Oh, that wasn't me knocking, chum. That was the sound of opportunity knocking. And
0: it's so fun to listen to, to watch, to see him go against Porky as a straight man. It's just endlessly
1: enjoyable. Um, uh, sir, sir, I, I need you to be able to be quiet and able to please take your laundry down, or I'll have to ask you to to l- 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 get out. And just where am I supposed to wash my dirty laundry? The post office. And
0: I recently rewatched some of these to to prep, and I, I was just enjoying every second of these lush cartoons. Their backgrounds are immaculate. The character designs by Jim Soper are so good, and the voice work is on point. I just, I can't recommend these Looney Tunes cartoons enough. And we have a third batch coming out this week. So we have even more to look forward to. Have you had a chance to watch any of these? I know HBO
3: max hasn't
0: really gotten overseas very
3: well, No, but I, I have my, I have my ways. Let me put it that way. Um, (laughs) I don't want to say too much. (laughs) I, I have my ways. Um, and it was a very complicated way for me as an Aussie to access HBO Max, but I did it. And that's all, I, that's all I'll say about that. Wonderful. But <clears throat> I, I did a review actually of the first batch um, and I'm being so behind that I, I'm, I've slacked and I haven't uh, done a review of the second batch, but from what I've seen so far, man, this was, this is amazing. Not, not all the shorts work the best, but some of the best shorts of them cl- easily is Porky and Daffy, those team-ups, easily. That's like, um, as as great as some of the Bugs ones are, the Porky and Daffy stuff, for me, is is at the very top. And, in fact, it also even even shows what I was saying about Daffy, the wacky Daffy, where if you put him by himself, it's not as good, like that Bubble Dumb one. Some liked it, and if you liked it, that's, that's fine, of course, but I felt it just didn't work for me, in, in, in Daffy, this version, of Daffy needs a straight man, and he's got it with Porky here. And I just the the, the fire the, the fireman one was really good. I uh, I do forget the titles. I apologize. I have them written um, down actually.
0: So there's Firehouse Frenzy, which is the one where the Daffy one. and Porky are firefighters, and they have this zany slide down a pole that has like a silly straw uh, type mm-hmm. wrap around, and it's just really fun and again vibrant and just loony. There's Wet Cement, which has a wonderful homage to the Disneyland founder statue. So at Disneyland, there is a statue that has Walt holding Mickey's hand. And there is a homage to that in this where Daffy is holding Tex Avery's hand. And I just, I love that level of detail and reverence for the history. We also have Shower Shuffle where Daffy and Porky are sharing the water main Love that one. and is going uh, hot to cold and they have to fight over who gets the, the hot water. I
3: thought it was brilliant, that one. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's such a great idea with the split, splitting the screen in half and having you know, Porky in one half, Daffy in the other half. And the action of one side will have a consequence on the other side and vice versa. It was really good. It was, it was a top-notch cartoon, that one. It
0: was. There's Overdue Duck, which is Daffy having to return a book, but also be very quiet in the library, which is impossible. And there is a gentleman there who is very muscle bound and ready to read his poetry. Yes, he's ready to read poetry, poetry, but he wants silence. And you introduce Daffy into that equation. And it's just amazing what level of debauchery happens to Porky because of it. (laughs) endlessly watchable in Bugs Bunny's 24th carat holiday special Daffy and Porky have a short where they are elves for Santa and it is it is wacky and off the walls but it's so fun to just admire the detail of the Santa's workshop and all of the little things that go into that and the elves are on strike and so Daffy and Porky are meant to save Christmas and you have to watch it to see if they do. But it's so fun to, to just see that dynamic in the North Pole.
3: Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that one um, as part of the Christmas one. I've only seen maybe a handful of the ones um, in, in, the, in the season two batch. But that Christmas special was really top notch. I love that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. And I love the ornaments. I wish they would release those ornaments in real life. The second batch started with The Case of Porky's Pants. This is a homage to Duck Twacy, as we had talked about, and Daffy taking on the case of What Happened to Porky's Pants. Really fun film noir detective-type story there. Falling for it is Daffy and Porky going skydiving. That's endlessly funny. The Sales Duck, where Daffy and Elmer Fudd are paired, and Daffy is trying to sell Elmer Fudd something to help him go to sleep. Uh, pitcher Porky is one of my all-timers. Uh, this is... I love baseball, so anything with Looney Tunes and baseball in there. But Porky is a pitcher, and Daffy breaks his arm. And so Daffy has to replace Porky's arm and throw the pitches for him. It is so graphic, but so funny. It's just unnerving that the sounds of the cracking bones that they use but at the same time it's really funny because it allows for that dynamic to be closer than ever and they're essentially sharing a body and it's like it's got like that body horror element to it so it's all out wild and wacky and that's the daffy you love Mm.
3: oh exactly yeah
0: then you have
3: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, i, I got to see some of these new ones and finally get off my you-know-what to <laughs> record my review on the new ones because they sound pretty awesome.
0: They are pretty awesome. Uh, one of my favorites is Daffy Dentist where Porky goes to a dentist to get his tooth pulled and Daffy uses every trick in the book to get that tooth out and it won't budge. You can imagine what sort of pain Porky goes through in that. Daffuccino is Porky owning a Cappuccino restaurant and Daffy being the barista to make the cappuccino for their only customer. And can he do it? Can he pull it off? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Let's just say in the end, he's in the cappuccino. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Talk about putting yourself into your work. And last, we had Postal Geist. Uh, This was a take on Ghostbusters. And this was really fun to have Porky and Daffy go against a ghost that may not may or may not be inspired by Jimmy Durante. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What I love about these shorts and what they're doing is they're putting Porky and Daffy in a lot of blue collar worker type uh, units. And doing that accentuates the comedy because of the essential danger that is around them already, one of the things that I got to experience was watching Curse of the Monkey Bird on the big screen. And that that viewing has drastically shaped how I view this series. Because I had the best time watching a Daffy Duck and Porky Pig cartoon that is homaging Indiana Jones in the best way on the big screen. And that, to me, is just delightful on so many levels. Yeah, so uh, you know, these these shorts are doing a phenomenal job. Um I want to give credit to Pete guard over there for doing the show running and Bob Bergen for voicing Porky. He's doing an amazing job as well and playing off Eric Bauza so well. I this this whole series is just they're eating all their carrots over there to make this wonderful show and I love it. I'm eating every, every second of it, every frame of it. So if you haven't yet checked out the original HBO max series, Looney tunes, cartoons, please do so. You will not regret it. And you will reach these shorts that are pinnacle Looney tunes and you will not look back.
3: Yeah. It's an amazing series. You know, um, the, the effort that I put into, um, to get HBO max access, actually HBO max, you know, (laughs) um, here for here in Australia, when when I watch these cartoons, it made that effort all the worthwhile. It's just amazing.
0: Absolutely. So the other thing that is really great about Daffy, I guess, I, well, there's a lot of things that are really great about Daffy. Uh, but one of the one of the crazy historical things about animation that is related to Daffy is that Daffy encompasses the longest record of an original creator of their voice in Mel Blanc doing the voice until they, you know, had to pass away or they passed away. That legacy is one that will be talked about for, and and inspiring uh, for many years to come. And I, I just, I look up to Mel because he created this voice out of nothing. And he, th- th- there are, as you mentioned earlier, there are contradictory uh historical, pieces that we don't fully know because in different autobiographies, things are said uh, such as the lisp. And I wanted to bring that up because uh, the Daffy Duck lisp is iconic and it's essential to that character. Chuck Jones said that it was inspired by the producer, Leon Schlesinger, and how he would lisp and spit when he talked. And in the biographical novel by Mel Blank. He says that he came up with it based on the fact that he was thinking how a duck would talk with a long bill and it would lead to his tongue going everywhere. So I really don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we, we we really don't have a good record. Uh, But I will say that thanks to Chuck Jones, Daffy duck talked a whole lot more than he did prior. And in doing so, we were given You're Despicable and that cemented the character as an all-timer. He needed a catchphrase. And thanks to Chuck Jones, he got one.
3: Thanks for the sour persimmons, cousin. Lot of hi- lot of history. There is a lot of history. A lot of history there.
0: Yes. So I will leave that to you, dear listener. And the last thing I have to say about it is a famous quote by Chuck Jones. And this was his take on the character. He said, Bugs Bunny is who we want to be. And Daffy Duck is who we are. And no truer words have ever been said.
3: Anthony, where can people find you online? Okay, so I'm both on YouTube, and I've also started up a a a podcast as well, Uh, where where we discuss longer topics. So I'm on YouTube as Anthony's Animation Talk. So I'm the guy who's got all of these copyright protected (laughs) cartoons (laughs) all all up um, there, but it is under fair use because I am doing audio commentaries. I mean, the whole point of my channel is well, obviously to discuss animation, but I'm Doing an audio commentary for every single Looney Tunes cartoon in order, one per day. And I don't know why I decided to do that, but you know what? I'm glad I did because I'm having so much fun doing it. And at the time of this recording, uh, Super Rabbit of 1943 got released. So just to give you an idea that, hey, there's still plenty more to go. There's a thousand of them. <laughs> and I've just recorded about 410 wow, of them. So. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, plus, I do the occasional podcast with different guests. Um, you know, maybe one day you can join me on a commentary if your game. Um, I'd love to. You know, we, we can maybe maybe for the Hunter trilogy. I don't know. We we'll, we'll, we can work something out. Uh, but let's do it. Yeah, you can find me. I'm also on Twitter. Um, I've got a, got a great great presence on Twitter. I actually keep forgetting what my Twitter handle is because I'm 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 basically more or less old school when it comes to social media, but just look, look me up at uh, at an animation talk. So A-N animation talk. And I'm there, but I'm sure, I'm sure Jonathan here will uh, will uh, sp- spread that around. But yeah, um, I'm an open book. Ask me anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have your socials uh, put on the the blog site which you can find over at podbean.com backslash this means podcast you can also follow the show at facebook or on instagram at this means podcast or on twitter at this means pod and you can tweet me anytime at the dark pilgrim that is my personal handle and i will answer any questions that you have over looney tunes or this show or anything like that so Thank you again, Anthony, for helping me go through the history, this long, complex history of one Daffy Duck. And as always, that's not all, folks.
1: Say, Doc, are you trying to get yourself in trouble with the law? This ain't wabbin' hunting season. It's not? No, it's duck hunting season. That, sir, is an imbibigated fabrication. It's rabbit season. Duck season, wabbit season. Duck season, wabbit season. Duck season, wabbit season. Wabbit season, duck season. season. Wabbit season. Let's try that again. I'm back. I know what you're looking for. That so dream team. Ma'am! Yeah. shoot the ball. <laughs> Let's try that again, shall we?